to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Mass Podcast. I hope everybody had a great week. I'm trying to be a lot nicer to y'all when I do these things now, so because I appreciate everyone. Thank you so much. This week on the podcast, it's been a um, anniversary-style thing going on lately. I've been having returning guests on, you know, marking two-year anniversaries, and today's no difference. Today's guest is going to be my good friend, Miss Tiana Taylor. And about two years ago was the first time I sat and talked with her on the podcast. And here we are again, doing it again. What's up, Tiana? How you doing? I'm doing good. Really good. Thank you. Good. Glad to hear. So what, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this episode uh, specifically is because I knew you had a sub only uh, super fight coming up and I want to talk to you and get, you know, kind of your, your experience with that and everything. And just, you know, what all went into it because th this was, you know, the first one for you. So, yeah. you know, I, I just want to know things like, you know, how it differs from, you know, doing your, you know, your regular IBJJF tournaments, the preparation mm -hmm. stuff like that having an isolated opponent that you're going to be focused on specifically, you know, so um, I, I guess, you know, the first question I want to ask about the sub only match, how was the prep different for you going into this? Well, the sub only match could have gone on for 10 minutes. That was the time limit. So I think the main difference was doing roles in the gym for 15 minutes because you have to be prepared to go to full time in case it goes to rest decision. So obviously you don't want to gas out. You don't want to, I mean, obviously you want to get the sub. Um, both opponents do, everyone on the card does, but everyone has to be prepared to fight to full time. So my rounds were longer. I trained more. This was something also that was arranged, you know, really quite a few months ago. So I knew it was happening um my mindset was very much on it and i did a lot more gi than no gi because it was a sub only match in the gi so i didn't train no gi anywhere near as much as i usually do <clears throat> and yeah the main thing was longer rounds getting my cardio up getting my stamina up so that i if necessary i would be able to last the full 10 minutes yeah for some reason I had it in my mind that it was Nogi. So when I watched it, I was, you know, like, okay, they, <laughs> they, they did a walk down in geese. That's, I didn't know that was a thing. And, you know, <laughs> then I saw the match start and I was like, oh, oh, okay. I guess it was Gee. I'm not sure where in my brain I got that, but it, you know, it was still all cool, all the same. And when, when you're leading up, and getting prepped and everything, you know, going through the weight cut and everything and making sure you're on weight, was there any difference in, you know, pressure with that or was it just business as usual? Uh, it's funny you mentioned the weight thing because when um, Andy, the promoter, contacted me, 
this was back in um late march beginning of april i had he asked me where i was based and i said i'm based in i'm british but i'm based in madrid he asked me if i'd be interested in coming on the show and i was like oh i want you so badly but i've literally just had surgery because i had my three stomach operations and he said no no this will be for november and i'm like brilliant count me in but i let him know that at the moment at that time i was 54 kilos which is about um 118 pounds um but my normal weight category is 64 kilos which is 140 pounds so what while i had lost a lot of weight due to three consecutive stomach surgeries i would you know be gaining it back and would be fighting at 64 kilos because 54 for me is extremely low because i'm five foot seven naturally mm -hmm. very muscular and i was extremely extremely small after the after the surgery so um i got matched um with a girl who agreed to take the fight that was all good um and yeah i made a point of saying i won't i i will be competing at 64 as usual but then as time went on i was like i'm not putting on weight like what what's going on i'm not getting bigger and several months have passed after the surgery and i was getting quite concerned because like there are a lot of women who want to be smaller i'm definitely not one of them um my jiu-jitsu style is very much strength and speed uh strength being quite an important part of it obviously you need technique but you know strength is part of my game with my power lifting and everything so um i was like getting really concerned I, I wasn't gaining weight so i didn't have to cut weight and because uh lisa my opponent um i think she weighed about well we, when we were matched we would have been matched because we weighed the same um, I came back to Andy later on and said, listen, I only weigh 54 kilo, but I was prepared to say, because um, I agree to this, and it's obviously not Lisa, Lisa's fault that I have had surgery, I'd happy, I'll happily take the fight at 64 kilo because it wouldn't be fair on her. Um, he then messaged Lisa to find out what she weighed and I think she'd cut a bit anyway for other competitions because she was competing from what I understand. And he came back with 58. I was like, perfect, perfect. And he was like, are you sure? Because I can put it at 56.5. I was like, no, no. Uh, you know, I said I would do 64. That's what I weigh normally. It's no one's fault. It's not my opponent's fault that, you know, I've had this surgery. So 58, absolutely fine. I didn't have to, I didn't have to cut weight at all. Okay. Good. I mean, I think when, you know, people, you know, when I hear about, you know, more so in MMA, you know, the weight cuts just getting brutal and just everyone suffering through all these things. I always think like, why, why are you doing this? So the fact that you didn't have to cut, you know, at all, you know, definitely had to, you know, feel good going into the cage and just, you know, you don't feel you know, depleted or even just as you're going into the weighing, you don't feel that nervousness of, oh man, like, like, I feel like I'm there, but what if something weird happens? You know, what if I, you know, uh, picked up an M&M on the way in and then boom, blew up. Um, mm -hmm. So 
with your uh, fight week prep, you know, did that differ, you know, for this, you know, as opposed to, again, any other competition or, you know, again, business as usual? Fight week prep, I was really unwell. And that was really gutting. Um, I had been ill previously, physically, just with the cold, nothing, nothing serious. Um, because my my coach tends to get a cold every time I compete. So I caught it in Madrid before I flew, had to take some time off training, but I thought better now than fight week. Okay. So I had some time off training, I rested, et cetera, et cetera. But the day I was due to fly to London from Madrid, I could not believe that I was I was ill again because there'd been two days where I was feeling okay and then I got ill again. So fight week was did not go as planned at all. So I flew into London first. Um I was going to train um at a club down south um, near where my parents live. But I couldn't because I was just so drained. That's the thing about colds. They're not serious, but, you know, they they drain you of your energy. And I'd been doing like 15-minute rolls in the gym, no problem at all. And I was just zapped. So um, when I landed in London, um, I stayed in bed, literally till it was time to, um, to fly to Belfast, Northern Ireland. So flew into Belfast, but I knew that because I, despite being drained, I needed to get my jiu-jitsu in. So... We have an affiliate club in um, Belfast called Stealth Northern Ireland. And um, there were two other people competing on the card, the coach, Carl Casey, and also a girl who was in a a four bracket um, no-gi tournament called Rachel. And I trained trained there. I think I probably made everyone ill (laughs) because I kept coughing. I never normally train when I ill when I'm ill, but obviously, you know, circumstances aren't always perfect. You've just got to roll with them. Um, it was a real shame because Gareth's parents flew over to Belfast. Uh, we never see them. We rarely see, see them. I very very rarely go back to the UK myself. And I was just in the hotel. I was just in bed, laid up, just trying to preserve all my energy because. I needed to be fit to fight, basically. And I didn't get to see, I saw very, very little of Belfast. And that was that was really discouraging because and disappointing because part of the reason I didn't stay in County Derry um had to do with, and that's where the event was. It had to do with um flight times, but also, you know, things to do, more to do in Belfast. But um I literally saw nothing. I saw absolutely nothing. I briefly spent some time with Gareth's parents, but I needed to be laid up in bed. So that that was really disappointing because you put in so much work and then you get physically ill. I just couldn't shake it, but I just did what I could. Well, you know, I think that's the thing, though, too. It's like, considering the circumstances, it's like, you know, power through and it's i know um you had mentioned that you were weren't well that week as i text you and ironically enough i think everyone was sick because my daughter had a cold i had a cold 
like you all had a code and it's like y'all are on the other side of the, the world it's like <laughs> did we give you our code <laughs> uh, i so. still haven't entirely got my voice back to normal to be honest i lost even like two days ago i didn't have a voice at all i was completely like first it, when i was in northern Ireland, i was very throaty but, and very croaky but then again coming back to madrid oh, just completely lost my voice yeah it's it, i always feel like after a cold it's like you recover but then it's like for whatever reason your voice is like whoa wait a minute we're not done we want to stay sick a little longer <laughs> um, I, I had to answer phones at work and my voice was like <laughs> so i i get you i hear you so when you were leading up to the fight you did have an opponent change um, i did yes can you uh tell me a little bit about you know what took place with that yeah it it's interesting because i'm a, i was traveling over from spain it cost a hell of a lot of money and i mean a hell of a lot of money before i'd even got there um and i actually had a feeling the promoter thought i was going to pull out because he'd messaged me a couple of times saying tiana have you booked your flights yet and i'm like yeah they're booked ages ago i'm in i'm definitely coming and so i thought that was a little bit odd but i had this like instant this gut feeling i couldn't explain it i said i said it to gary i said to my coach i said i don't know why but this lisa girl's gonna bail i can't explain it i've got no reason to think it but my gut is telling me she's gonna pull out she's not gonna fight and i thought mm, just see what happens and then i get a voice me message from the promoter to say that um lisa is being very flaky um, she wants to do competitions with her friends. And I was thinking, are you 34 or are you four? That was uh, that was legit my first thought. You, I want to do competitions with my friends because um, the, the, the venue was scheduled and booked before the dates came out for the Nogi Europeans. Okay, so there, I um, had committed to the Sub-Only show and that this was about, I think it was around April, but I think if I'm not mistaken, the IBJGF published the official dates for the Nogi Europeans um, in May. And when I, as soon as I saw it, because I, I, I was going to do the Nogi Europeans, but I saw it was exactly the same date as the sub only. And there was, there was no question. I've committed to something. I see it through. You know, the, the, the Europeans is on every year. Okay, a sub only invitational, you may not get the chance again. If someone like pulling out because someone dies, bereavement, pulling out because um, you're injured is one thing. Pulling out because you want to do a different competition, mm, nah, nah, I don't, I don't agree with that. But there, there were quite a lot of pullouts for the same reason. There were other people who wanted to do the Nogi Europeans, but from what I understand from the promoter is that these people pulled out much, much earlier on. My opponent pulled out two weeks before. So um, again, I wasn't actually surprised that she pulled out, but I was surprised that that was the reason why. He said to me that he's been doing this long enough now when someone is as flaky as this Lisa girl was being, he needs to start looking for another opponent. So he was, um, he said, leave it with him. And 
he mentioned a girl, a lady called Caroline, who's Scottish. I, I, I know of Caroline. I've seen her on social media and she's she's an active fighter. And but even she was like, well, by this point, Lisa hadn't officially withdrew, withdrawn from the competition. But Caroline was like, I'm in, but I need an answer either way because I've got childcare. I've got flights to book. So not only am I now being messed around, my potential replacement is being messed around because she can't book anything until Lisa confirms either way whether she's going to fight. And Lisa pulled out later that day and Caroline was in. So I had huge, huge respect for Caroline because, you know, two weeks out, I was looking at not getting a fight at all. And my personal circumstances in the run up to the fight meant I had sacrificed a hell of a lot on a personal level. Um, so I, I'm going to be honest, I found it quite disrespectful on Lisa's behalf to pull out so late. Um, but people do what they want to do, you know, do what's best for them. I hope for her sake she didn't lose her first fight at the Nogi Europeans, but whatever. So actually, on the day of the fight, um, I went over to speak to the commentator because he's on my social media. Um, we chatted a bit in the past, but we never met in person. And um, if I'm not mistaken, he's actually Lisa, who's my first opponent's coach. And he said to me... Um, oh next time you can fight Lisa and I just looked him straight in the eye and said well I won't be fighting Lisa because I don't respect her and I remain unapologetic for saying that because pulling out that late in the day and okay fair enough she has the free will to do whatever she wants to do but the fact is I take thing I take competing really really seriously and if I'm flying over from Spain why would I want to fly over and fight somebody who previously pulled out how do I know she's not going to do the same thing again so while while I would love to be on the show again if I'm invited back I can't take someone seriously who pulled out two weeks before it's as simple as that it's quite understandable I mean it's a fair answer with the change of opponents how did that affect your preparation um, and approach to to the match from that point on in terms of game plan it was exactly the same exactly the same i was aware that caroline my new opponent is um very au fait with fighting in the cage um so i knew she'd probably want me against the cage and i have never fought in a cage so i wanted to keep the fight more central so to be honest in terms of um game plan that didn't change at all the only thing that changed was me being mindful of where I was physically stood in the cage. But she's a very active, she's slightly older than me, very active competitor. She had my respect before I even met her. I had a feeling we would get on really well anyway, because I've seen um, some stuff that she's posted on social media. So, yeah, it. Uh, she had the cage to her advantage, but thankfully she didn't get to use it. And once you um found out that it was going to be in the cage how, did that have any kind of um effect on your thought for the fights you know like how you were gonna approach anything in there because I, I know there was a later point where you know you had mentioned you know it's going to be in the cage and then you know from that point it was like not not much more you know discussion about it so you know was the cage 
you know, was the fight being in the cage, you know, an effect on you, you know, your preparation later on? Uh, no, because <laughs> simply because I don't have a cage anywhere around me. So I knew she had the upper hand in terms of experience being in the cage, knowing how to wrestle someone up against the cage, to take them down, to slam, to throw, etc. And I didn't have that. But what, you know, if you if you're not prepared to, you know, play you can't you can't play the game if you're not prepared to roll the dice. So I was still in. I was just gonna play my game, do what I was gonna do anyway, even if it was on the mats. The only thing is being in the cage is you're never you're not reset back to the center. Mm. So there was at one point when I went to tripod sweep her and she was actually able to grab onto the cage for stability. So, but I'm not used to fighting the cage, so I don't really know how to use it to my advantage, if I'm honest. But it, it was a good experience. It was smaller than I thought it would be. It was smaller than I thought it would be. But I could do very little to prepare for fighting in the cage because I hadn't been in one and I couldn't get in one. And with the change in opponent, and I know you said, you know, about two weeks out, um, you found out you're going to be going against a new opponent. Uh, once you got in there with her, did anything about her surprise you, you know, once you got in the cage with her? Well, I actually met her the day before. The thing that surprised me was how small she was. She's really small, really small lady. And I felt for her because she actually was scheduled to have um, an MMA fight the Sunday before. So we competed on Saturday. She was scheduled to have an MMA fight on the previous Sunday, but there was a mix up with the promoters and the weights that each opponent was told they could fight at. So Caroline had cut to 54 kilos and the other girl was quite a bit heavier so caroline's coat said she's not taking the fight and what's ironic is i was 54 kilos which is about 118 119 pounds anyway and i was actively gaining weight trying to gain four kilos to get up to lisa's weight and then she withdrew so but obviously when someone withdraws like that you're never expected to suddenly drop four kilos or near that in two weeks because that that's unfair and ridiculous that would never be expected of you so with this experience that you've had doing the sub only match would you do uh, you know are you open to more sub only matches 100 percent. yeah yeah good and you know, kind of going back to your prep for the match and everything, what was the hardest part about, you know, the prep for you just, you know, just going through the experience period? It was actually what was going on off the mats. That was by far the most difficult thing. Um, the past, I would say, two and a half months were really really rough nothing to do with training uh it did affect my training though because uh, as you know i have been in full-time psychiatric care my care was cut and i was removed um so i have spent the last two and a bit years of my life in 
um, full-time psychiatric setting. I have, as you know, I didn't sleep in the hospital, which allowed me to train in the evenings, but I was having intensive treatment there. And I was being messed around so much. It was, it was really, really distressing because you show me how many people are willing to put their life on hold for an unspecified number of years to sort out their mental health. You won't find many. Um, I am registered as uh, disabled. So um, my permanent incapacity to work doesn't cover my rent. So I had to, but because I, I made this commitment to the promoter, I pulled my money together um to make the trip to Northern Ireland so that's that's also why it was kind of like oh my gosh I may not even have an opponent now so it was it was really really tough because I even now still don't know what's going to happen with my care and um it was really really dark really really dark and my mental health spiraled quite a lot quite a bad place and it was most of all really frustrating because it's like I've always wanted to do sub only I've, I, I've said it I've said it for such a long time it's not really a thing in Spain I've always wanted to do sub only I'm prepared to travel to do it and my mental health just wasn't playing ball and it was so upsetting because it was something I wanted so badly I wanted to do well I wanted to showcase my jiu-jitsu and other factors go and these are not factors that are just like oh you can just push to one side these determine where your life goes from this moment being in, in um full-time care for over two years not being able to work not being able to kind of lead what most people would consider a normal life and having that cut and literally leaving you with no answers was really, really hard. And I also know that part of the reason my care got cut is because I took this fight in Northern Ireland. So again, when, I mean, this isn't, obviously my circumstances are not Lisa's fault, but when Lisa pulled out, I was kind of like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I've lost my place in care because I'm going to Ireland and now I potentially don't have an opponent and again that's not Lisa's fault you know people have the free will to do whatever they want to do but that was definitely a fact because the, the uh, my psychiatric team told me that was uh, one of the factors in removing me from from um the groups so that was really gutting really really gutting um so it wasn't just sacrifice in terms of financial costs but literally how I live my life every day and I still don't know what's going to happen with that so it was very very difficult to in very dark place but I commit to this it was a dream always has been my dream wanted to see it through there was absolutely no way I was going to pull out absolutely no way no way in hell I sacrificed too much it meant too much to me I trained really really hard really really hard and that's also why it was really gutting to uh, not be also, aside from the mental stuff, to be physically unwell as well. It was just like a double whammy. I couldn't believe it because no problem doing 15 minute rounds in the gym. No problem at all, you know. And then 
just the very nature of uh, benign but rather pesky cold that means you can't breathe through your nose and yeah it was just really unfortunate it was really unfortunate but the main thing that affected me was what was going on with my psychiatric hospital it was really gutting because I just felt like this is an opportunity I've wanted for so long and when I actually needed help the most I couldn't get it and my only other alternative was to go to the ER if I go to the ER with my history I'm not coming out so that means I won't be able to do the show so yeah I just powered through the best I could and that was one of the questions I was thinking about too as well is like with you know the change of opponent and then just everything leading up and just all the turmoil and chaos you know I was thinking it's like I wonder if there's any point that she even considered herself just saying I don't want to do this like th this is too much stress so you know just knowing that you know that was going on and then you know you're saying hey that's not even an option to pull out you know that's that's good to hear the thing is though i'm a blue belt i've i've been training since 2014 but what a lot of people don't realize is because my uh because my coach is my partner he's a first degree black belt he was doing jiu-jitsu well before me um i wasn't doing jiu-jitsu when i met him i got into it about a year and a half later but i I'm quite savvy into how things, with regards to how things work, because or people think, oh, if you're a blue belt, you've you know maybe be training two, three, four years. I've been training a long time, but also even when I wasn't doing jujitsu, I would see how things work through my coach. And you pull out of a tournament that you've been invited uh, or a sub only that you've been invited to. Well, good luck getting back onto that tournament. If it's not bereavement, if it's not injury, you know, I had, I did have good reason to pull out. People um, just thought I had a cold. Yes, I did have a cold, but there is absolutely no way in hell I'm pulling out of anything because of a cold. I said that to somebody and they'll be like, you'd be surprised. I said, listen, people do not pull out of sub onlys or comps because of colds. And she goes, yes, they do. I was like, nah, that, that's ridiculous. But it was, it, it's the stuff you can't see. That's what was affecting me the most. Um, on the on, actually in the fight, um, I, I apologised to Caroline, Caroline afterwards because I I was coughing in her face. I didn't want to give up my grips, <laughs> so I did have to apologise for that. But it was just it was really really tough in the sense that, like I said, my mental health wasn't playing ball. Um, my psychiatric team, who are in charge of my care, and this is this is not just one or two people. This is a team of people. Um, because people talk about mental health a lot, but mental illness does not go away. You know, when people talk about mental health, you can have good spurts of mental health. You can have your ups and downs. When you have, I mean, I've got uh, four diagnoses, four, yeah. And I have to learn to live with that. And people get very complacent and they think, well, she competes a lot. You know, she always steps up. She must be doing okay. Yeah, well, if you actually talk to me, I'm very open about the fact that I struggle. You know, my Instagram and all my social media is very, very real. It's very, I don't just, it's not a highlight reel at all. 
yeah, I put my wins on there for jiu-jitsu when things are going good. But I also put when things are really shit as well because I really believe in being authentic because people can connect to that a lot more than this false social veneer of perfection because it does not exist. But there was no way I was going to pull out for a cold. I know there, there was some concern from other people, including my coach, about me doing the comp. But I was like, nah, I will not get, if I pull out, I will not get invited on again. When my original opponent um, pulled out, I had a hell of a lot of people, a hell of a lot of people asking me um, what had happened, why she pulled out. And I was just honest, I said, she wants to do the Nogi Europeans, you know. It, that's up to her. She can, you know, she has the freedom to choose. But what's interesting is, is that there are two or three people who asked me why she pulled out. And these people are promoters of other shows in England. So it really does show you don't know who's looking at your page or who has their eye on you or who is considering you for a sub only show or something that they're planning in the future. So I'm really glad that I'm, I, I didn't win. I was gutted I didn't win. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. I am really honest. I am honest. I absolutely went there to win despite everything going on. Um, I didn't win. Caroline won fair and square. Um, but there was no way I was going to pull out. No way. From this experience, what was a big takeaway for you? Like, like as far as learning and seeing something different in it all and, and just moving forward, you know, what's your approach? I know exactly what I need to work on. It highlighted, um, the fight highlighted where my weaknesses are and what I need to work on. Some of them I was aware of anyway, but there are a few other things that came up that I'm going to work on in the gym. Um, so that's definitely a positive, even though, as I said, I didn't win. Um, also, I'm no longer afraid of fighting in a cage. And that, that's a big thing for me. That's a big thing for me because it was a first time. And just, again, face, just stepping up, always stepping up because you have a choice. You know, some people have diabetes. Some people have a heart condition. You know, you either let these things limit you or you step up anyway. My, um, in my case, I am quite open about mental illness. I do get judged for it, but that's not my problem. Um, I have a choice. I can compete or I can complain. I choose to compete. I could sit at home on the sofa, say, oh, I'm not well, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? I've never done any competition where I've been mentally 100%. Never. And I've been competing. I've done a lot of comps. I've done a hell of a lot of comps. But, you know, you can make excuses and, you know, say, I'm not going to I'm not going to step up because of this, that and the other. Or you can just give it your all and fight with heart. And that's what that's what I do every time. Win or lose. Uh, is there anything in all of this experience that you wish you had done differently? That I had done differently. I would definitely say not had medication changes in the run up to the fight. Definitely. That was a big, big mistake. Big, big mistake. Because as well as having a cold, which is one thing, which is, you know, benign, benign thing. Loads of people have colds. 
um, my breathing was affected um, by some medication. And that was a big mistake. So that's why I was also really gutted because I felt like um, I had let myself down in the sense of I should have waited until after. But again, it, 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 it's a fine balance because you want to be in a in a good mental state but then you have to take care of yourself in order to fight well and yeah I should have left a particular medication um out of my out of the tablets I took um before the fight that that's a definitely a regret but um aside from that aside from that um there were ever the other things were out of my control like being unwell i prepared really well um well actually yeah i wish <laughs> i wish i didn't have to tap i understand from one of the judges i was scored the winner of the first they they, they score it like polaris so i won the first round caroline won the second round um but then i had to tap so and get to what would have been um the third portion so when i say round it, it it's 10 minutes straight the fight they don't but but they score there are three judges they score it in sections um <laughs> bless caroline and uh, when she passed my guard and was on top of me um what my my one contact lens came out and i'm a minus six so that basically means i can't see anything at all without glasses or lenses I lost the contact lens but this is fine this has happened before this is exactly why whenever I train and do comps I have six pairs of lenses in my pouch okay um in the European my first Europeans I lost the lens it was fine because then I subbed the girl and then the fight was over I could still see out of one eye but then I lost both my lenses and I was like oh my gosh this is not good but by this time by this time though i had to tap anyway but caroline saw on my face that my lenses had come out and she literally we hugged at the end uh she stood me up led she had to literally minus six i don't know if you, what you know about glasses and lens prescriptions but minus six is bad <laughs> she let she led me to the center of the ring i can actually see the ref even though we were standing there so i'm facing the same way caroline's faced me the ref is motioning for us to turn around <laughs> and face the crowd bless her bless caroline she physically turns me around so i know her hand gets raised so i always clap for my opponent i always clap first i clap for caroline and then she had to physically lead me out of the cage because I couldn't see anything. I'm, I can't see. I can't see. She was an absolute sweetheart. So, uh, a couple of people thought I was injured, but I wasn't. I just, I just couldn't see. So I've had surgery on literally near enough every body part except for my arms and what else? Arms and feet, I think. None of it's been for cosmetic reasons, but I won't let anyone go near my eyes. I will not have laser eye surgery. So it's just something I would just have to deal with. Yeah, that's that's something I have a big fear of and concern. As you can see, I'm wearing glasses and I think they did, um, I guess, the glaucoma test where they blow yeah. a puff of air in your eye. Yeah. 
in every time they do it, there's a huge reaction for me because I'm not expecting it. I, you know, and I jump and they're like, okay, we're going to do the other eye. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) Like, you're going to try. And I think the last time I went to get my eyes checked, uh, the doctor says, he was like, so we're going to go ahead and um, just say you're probably not a candidate for contacts, the way that you reacted. And I was like, yeah. I don't want nothing in my eyes. I don't want you consider, uh, considering LASIK for me. Like, no, I'll, I'll wear these glasses. I'm all right. I can see without my glasses though pretty well. I think I think my eyes are just lazy now because I'm so used to them. But I can take these off and read all the words up on the wall up here in my basement. So I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. I, really, I, I can only I can only see colors. I can't tell if someone's mm. male or female. You literally have to be about to kiss me. You have to be like here for me to see anything. It, it is, I'm very, very short-sighted. So Caroline was an absolute sweetheart, God bless her, because she realized that my lenses had come out and she led me out the, the cage because they had uh, the, the photographer and the cameraman um, in the cage. So the spotlight was, so yeah inside but then around the steps around the cage it was all really really dark she's bless her she led me down she took my hand she led me down i'm like i can't see i can't see anything but then it, it was fine no, no injuries nothing serious oh yeah. good good um and moving forward i know you said you know you would absolutely do another sub only match yeah. um just it sounded like with the experience of it all um, you know, in cage and and with your opponent, despite you know the change, it sounds like it, it all went well. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. Um, I did you know, show I I showcased some of my jiu-jitsu, but not as much as I would have liked. Uh, that was that was disappointing. That was disappointing. Sure. Uh, I am really disappointed. I lost definitely. I'm not going to lie about that. It was a great experience. Don't get me wrong, but obviously, of course, you want to win. Anyone who says they don't want to win is I just don't believe them. I don't believe them. So I showcase some of my jiu-jitsu, but there's a lot more to show. Sure. It's weird with the whole, like, if someone says they don't want to win, it's like, why are you even doing it then? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, why show up? Why go? So that is bizarre. It's, I don't know. But I'm glad, you know, the experience, you know, you, you had, you know, some takeaways from it. You went in with this, you know, and, you know, knowing that you know there's a lot going against you just kind of prepping get in there and here we are you know hey, you sure. gotta shoot you gotta shoot your shot despite the odds you really do Absolutely. because if you find me someone who's fought under perfect circumstances i think you'd be hard pushed yeah i know people, every everyone has issues everyone has something going on it's very true to say the severity of what's going on varies wildly from individual to individual but again you either take the risk or lose the chance and i wasn't prepared to lose the opportunity the euros is on every year whether it's the nogi europeans or uh, the gi europeans it's on every year um invitational sub onlys to be invited on that's something pretty special for me and for you what's next as far as competitions Okay, so in two weeks' time, there's the AJP Valencia. I don't, I have to decide by Monday if I'm going to compete. But again, 
I need to find out what's going on with my care. And I don't know any of that yet. So I might go to Valencia anyway, because one of my friends is competing. Uh, she's come over from Holland. So I might go and see her. I'm definitely doing Europeans in France and Paris in 2023 in January. That's, that's a definite. Whether I compete um, more this year, undecided yet. Depends what the comp is. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting towards that, that end point right now. So of the year, so, you know, preparation, get ready for 2023. It'll be yeah. before you know it. So, um, but yeah, otherwise yeah, it sounds like, again, a, a really good experience, you know, watching the match, you know, myself, it, I don't know that I've ever, uh, so you uh, compete so it, it was definitely a fun experience just seeing it and fun or funny <laughs> uh, well so i i will say when you when you're being guided out of the cave <laughs> I, I was like something's not right there oh, like, yeah i like, couldn't see <laughs> like, oh cinder looks like like she's walking like my grandma right now like, what the hell's going on and, and, you know, then here oh after the fact, you, know, you lost your contacts. It was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> Versus just like, I mean, like, she's taking this loss very hard. Like, she turned into an elderly woman. Um, but, but no, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you enjoyed every bit of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, you know, your next sub only match, you know. And, and, you know, seeing the growth from the first experience to the next ex experience. And, yeah. you know, that's one thing I, I've always noticed with you with um, competing and training is the game plan stays the same. You know, oh, it's so, going to change. It's going to change. Oh, yeah, oh. Definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's changing. It's changing. I've got some good things up my sleeve. Had a, uh, okay um long talk with my coach and yeah europeans you'll see a different fighter definitely okay well i'll be on the lookout for that i'm excited yeah. now it, it's like getting a, a a new chapter to a story you know it's like oh okay we, we changed this up a little bit so cool. yeah that's good definitely. yeah all right so uh tiana th this is as always been a fun fun talk with you i love having you on the show so thank you for doing this um do you have any shout outs or mentions you'd like to throw out there before we get out of here yeah shout out to my sponsors excess guard who've just sorted me out with some amazing new mouth guards which i can't wait to showcase on the maps um shout out to hyperfly europe for their continued support also shout out to enhance cbd for their well, for backing me I've got to have a shout out to both you and um, also Andrew Quinn, who've been in my corner since the beginning, and my uh, sports psychologist, Dr. Carl Biscopi, for supporting me. And finally, thank you to Andy for inviting me onto the show. Awesome. 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 And thank you for the shout out there as well. And I'll be sure to put mentions and links in the show notes um, and as always for everyone listening 
thank you for the support. Thank you for your time. And, you know, thank you all just for helping me keep this show going. I always joke and say, if there are only one person listening, I still do the show. Probably not. But, you know, <laughs> everyone who, who you know, tunes in and listens each week, I do appreciate you all. And, you know, I don't know, it makes me smile. So thank you. And also the guests, everyone who gives me their time, you know, shout out to you all. So especially you, Tiana. Thank you. Thank um, you for having me. Always. Anytime, anytime you say, hey, man, I want to record. And they're like, all right, just give me a time as long as it's on Sunday. <laughs> um, anytime, anytime, as long as it's Sunday, we can do this. If anyone has any questions, concerns, uh, criticisms, you know, reach out to me. I'm available on bjj.wiki on Instagram and also off the mats podcast on Instagram as well. You can email me off mats 2020 at gmail.com. I'm starting to use that now, so I'm proud of myself. Thank you, guys. Um, I want to give a big shout out, as always, to my guest here, Miss Tiana Taylor. Uh, you can all find her on Instagram as well. I'll put the links in the show notes, but that's Tiana underscore Taylor underscore BJJ. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Oh, I'm starting to remember stuff. I got a good memory. Y'all. <laughs> I hope um, you don't hear it off. <laughs> as I was saying, I was like, oh, my goodness. Do I remember this? But um, you all can find her on Instagram. And um, another big shout out to my guys over at Nerd Rage Radio, Bobby, Chris, Joe, Marilyn Phil, even. Thank you, guys. You guys are great. You got me going with this uh, podcast and stuff. And here I am now. I won't shut the hell up about it. But thanks, guys. I'm also a big shout out to my other podcast. So you like horror. It's a scary movie podcast. And the most recent episode, we were talking about Event Horizon. So go check it out if you're into space horror. That's a fun episode. I got to do that episode with my good friend, Manuel. So uh, go check it out. Otherwise, I love you all. You guys are great. It's a fun experience each time. You guys keep listening to this, and I'm going to keep making the show. Appreciate the hell out of you all, and bye. They poet it. Now let me sing a song.